Welcome to Continuing Studies, a podcast for higher education podcasters. In each episode, we talk to a university podcaster to ask some questions, get answers, and share tips and ideas about higher education podcasting. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lee. I'm a radio broadcaster and a podcaster. And I'm Neil McFedrin. I've come to podcasting after 25 years in the digital agency world. Together, we've hosted, executive produced, and launched six and counting higher education podcasts. Today, we're talking with Kate Young from This Is Purdue Podcast. Kate Young is an award-winning podcaster and serves as the host, writer, and executive producer of This Is Purdue, Purdue University's official alumni podcast. Now, Jen, we met... Kate at Podcast Movement 2022, and we instantly struck up a great conversation, and we were really intrigued by what she's doing with the This Is Purdue podcast and how unique it is, and just the incredible audience they have they have built for their alumni and alumni association. Yeah, and what I loved about it was that it was so unique compared to some of the other people who we have already interviewed on this podcast and have upcoming episodes too. And just the passion that comes off of Kate when you talk to her about this podcast and the fact that this was a position that they actually created for her and she hopped into and it's her full-time job. And I think it's neat to start seeing more and more of these positions in big organizations or post-secondary institutes that have these positions that are related to podcasting. Super exciting. Okay, so without further ado, let's jump into this. You said you're the writer, you're the producer, you're the host, you're you're helping shape it. So what's the, what does the rest of your team look like? So there's a lot of different team members involved, um, but I am the one full-time person I'm leading the podcast. So we have multiple teams within that marketing and communications umbrella within Purdue. I have a photographer coming to shoots to get these wonderful headshots of the guests. I have um, a robust video team who sets up these in-person interviews. They have the lighting, they have the camera, the different camera angles, you know, they're just absolute pros. I work with our social media team too. So I'm kind of writing that social media content, but I'm strategizing with them on when it should go out, what platforms it's best for, what video clips are performing well um, on each platform. Well, you started this position at the university. Did they have an idea of exactly what they wanted? Like, did they have a roadmap or did you come in and create everything from scratch? We had um, a grad student actually start the podcast as as kind of her graduate program project. She was graduating, um, took a full-time role elsewhere. So It was much different um, how it was started versus what it's kind of evolved and morphed into. You know, I've changed kind of the cadence of the podcast. I've changed it from more of a question answer type of show to a narrative show where I'm writing a script around myself and the guest and the story that that guest is, is telling us about. So it's definitely changed and evolved since March 2021. I always love hearing about the evolution of someone's podcast. So can you tell us what your goal now is for the podcast? since uh, 2021? So the podcast is a storytelling vessel. Essentially, we're taking, you know, our marketing and communications team within Purdue, 
We're taking these stories um, featuring professors who are doing amazing things, students, some of our athletics coaches who are leading these really successful athletics teams at Purdue. And we're kind of we're building on that brand awareness of Purdue, but it's also really geared towards our alumni. Um, Certain episodes are appealing to students, you know, whether we're featuring student organizations, letting everyone know what's going on on campus. Another cool aspect and and angle of the show is parents who have high schoolers, right? So if you see something pop up on your Facebook feed um, and you happen to listen or you, you know, see a video clip, you might be thinking, oh, wow, this would be a great you know, institution for my son or daughter to go to. So that's something that we think about too, are these these students, the parents of the students and parents of prospective students. So all of that kind of encapsulates who, who we're trying to appeal to, um, but definitely hard, heavy hitting on the alumni population. So I loved how we talked about the fact that you're doing video content around the guest first, and then you're taking that and turning it into podcast content. So you're kind of doing double duty. They did not have any video elements before I came on board. I started a YouTube playlist for the podcast under the Purdue University YouTube account umbrella in April of 2021. So at first we were kind of dabbling with just putting the audio waves or audiograms as some people know it as. So we had those branded graphics and it was just that audio form wave kind of playing, but it was a different place for our audience to listen to the show because a lot of our older alumni are on YouTube. So we wanted to go, you know, where our audience is. And then once we started taking our video team and and gathering this video kind of strategy around the podcast and shooting these in person, our YouTube growth just exploded. We're seeing, you know, 25,000, 30,000 listens on these full videos now. You know, if you're a Purdue alum, you're watching Coach Matt Painter, our basketball coach, right inside Mackey Arena, and you're having these memories of, I remember when I went to a game when I was a student, or I took my son or daughter to a game. So they really like those visual elements and watching the podcast versus maybe listening on Apple or Spotify. Ideally, I hope they're consuming both. Um, what I do with the This Is Purdue episodes on our podcast RSS feed, so on Apple, Spotify, on our website, it's embedded in there. I'm writing that narrative script. So like I said, I'm doing prep work research ahead of the interview on the guest, but I'm also doing a ton of that after. So I'm taking, you know, eight to 10 hours to write this narrative and then recording that script audio and piecing together a story from those those interview clips as well. So it's telling a different story, whereas on YouTube, they're watching just myself and the guests have this conversation. Ideally, I want them to listen to the actual podcast just because there's so much additional research time energy that that goes into that and it's really fun sometimes to hear you know certain elements that you might not pay attention to when you're just watching it on YouTube that's a lot of work which you're great at but uh, what was your reasoning I have to give my video team all the credit because they're the ones editing editing that video but the podcast that I'm interested in a lot of them are that narrative you know, scripts. So I also love writing. I come, you know, from the communications and writing background. And again, being a Purdue alum, I have these certain memories and things that I can put a twist on because I know that Purdue culture so well are these little behind the scenes stories that you know, not not everyone would be able to recount or relate to. I've just been really lucky that they've let me kind of put a spin on it and take this podcast under my wing kind of as as my baby. So 
I just think there's so much more you can learn from the research that I've done to, to craft that actual podcast episode. When you talk to a guest, you might have 30 to 45 minutes with them, but I'm telling the background of where they grew up or why they're interested in STEM or how they got into Purdue. Any advice you have for other podcasters out there who may be audio focused and are thinking about exploring the video side of things? I mean, it does take extra work, right? Extra team members. Um, So if you are just starting out, you know, focus on the audio. That's what a podcast is, right? And I think as you, you know, get going and get more experience, that's a great time to start with the the video elements as well. But even if you're recording on Zoom and you don't have this fancy in-person setup, there's so many things that you can repurpose with those clips. You know, I use Wave to create those under a minute clips to post on all of the Purdue social media channels. I use it to post on my own social media channels on my LinkedIn. So you can take this video that's virtual and still, you know, repurpose and and use that content. When you do want to get into the big in-person video setup, You know, we've even thought about instead of having this like 60 minutes ESPN style interviews, taking, you know, you and the guest with microphone and headphones and, you know, having a little this is Purdue branded coffee mug and just having a simple conversation with one camera instead of our three camera angles, like trying to maybe simplify a little bit of our video strategy, just because I will warn people too, that sometimes the guest walks in and is like, I thought this was a podcast. What are all these cameras doing here? So that's something that you would want to, and we do this, but kind of warn the guest ahead of time, hey, this is for video and we're recording the audio, but the video goes on our YouTube page. So just growing and and keeping your podcast consistent and then kind of advancing to that next level of video. But I do think the more things that you start putting on your YouTube for your podcast, it's just going to grow and grow. And I think that's the way that podcasts are kind of going in the future. That is super smart how you're uniquely using video in YouTube compared to how you're treating your audio in the RSS feed. I like that. Now, are you also creating smaller clips with that long form video for other uh, social media uses? You know, we've done a little bit with just doing those one minute clips on YouTube and then leading people to the full episode. We've done like hype trailers. So any type of athletics coaches are really fun because we can get that archive content from people playing basketball back in the day. We've had NFL quarterbacks that that went to Purdue on and we'll get footage of them, you know, playing in the NFL and we'll put this kind of, you know, exciting music and then we lead people to the full podcast episode. So any type of, you know, one to two minute video clips, like a montage type of thing that's branded and has your podcast music. That's a great way to lead people, you know, oh, I want to hear more. Why did the former Bears quarterback, why did he retire from the NFL? He could have played a couple more. And that's how you get them, you know, to listen to the full episode. When you're posting the audio and then posting the YouTube, do you post those simultaneously or do you have a strategy and a stagger there? So every other Thursday, our show is biweekly. So every other Thursday, the YouTube episode drops along with the podcast episode in the morning. And so again, I think from the data that I've collected, people who are watching it on YouTube are different from the people that are listening to it on their iPhones or their Androids. So those come out at the same time. We'll promote the video and the audio kind of separately on social media, we'll mix it up and one post include the YouTube video link and another post include, you know, the Apple podcast link. So we switched that up a little bit. But overall, the way that we market it, I think by now, most of our listeners know 
that it's on YouTube and it's on their favorite podcast app. At one point, the goal was like 30,000 downloads or listens within a year. Obviously, we, we blew that out of the water. But now we're separating a little bit. So we want X number of listens within the podcast platform itself from that RSS feed. And then on YouTube, since we've exploded so much on there, I think my goal this year is like 450,000 YouTube views. Don't get frustrated with with how many downloads or listens you're getting because it takes time. It takes a lot of time to grow a show, to grow the awareness. I just think it's really important. I know I've heard it all the time that, well, 130 listens. And it's like, who are those 130 people that are sitting down or going for a walk or working out and listening to you? Like, that's a big deal. That's great. I think that that's important when we talk about when I have to share a report about, um, the podcast numbers, I always try to include that because it's just so different. And a lot of people, right, still aren't super familiar with the podcast landscape. So kind of explaining that and explaining that, you know, even some of the data is just not there yet. Whereas with social, you can see all these different crazy statistics and where people are from and, you know, the gender and all these different things that podcasters don't necessarily have full access to right Mm -hmm. now. Explaining that can be hard, but just know that as like I said, if you just keep keep up with the consistency and and keep your content, you know, really, really good. And a lot of our content is evergreen. So you could go back and listen to any episode at any point. It's not locked in on like the current latest news or anything like that. I love your explanation of stats because it's what I tell a lot of people I work with. Uh, podcasting is more focused audience too, like opposed yep. to like YouTube and social media. It's really easy to go to. But if you want to listen to a podcast, you have to a find it on your favorite player and then download it. Like that's a lot more effort. And yes. so those people are more focused. So maybe you have a hundred people, but that's a hundred dedicated people every episode that's buying into what you're saying. Like you said too, it's like there's there's more time involved with listening to a podcast. You know, some articles on our website that have a hundred thousand clicks or three hundred thousand or whatever. Yeah. And then you're reading like a two minute article and you're done. But you know, a podcast, like you're listening, you're taking a chunk out of your busy day to listen. How do you see sort of in the university higher education landscape, podcasting evolving as that important tool either for internal communication with the institution or in your case, really, it's it's a it's an external communication to alumni, but even beyond alumni. And as you were talking about the brand and that positive knock on it has for the brand, anything you could share there? I have people reaching out from the College of Education or our College of Liberal Arts, you know, the engineering school is, you know, amazing at Purdue. They're reaching out and asking us to feature, you know, maybe one of their alums and one of their stories or just saying how much they enjoyed this episode and then they'll share it on their LinkedIn page and on their Twitter pages. So there's so much internally with our campus partners, our athletics episodes. Again, if the athletics partnership that we have is really strong, so we're working with them and I'm saying, hey, just did this interview with the former Purdue quarterback back. He was in the NFL for 14 years. Can you put this on your homepage? And then bam, the downloads are are coming in because people are going to buy tickets on the site or they're looking at the latest scores and they see that podcast. So getting our campus partners involved and, and having them share with their networks and their people has really grown the show as well. So that's another tip I would have for anyone 
Yeah, that's a great that's a great tip because at, at the end of the day, you guys are creating very high end content. And to your point, whether you're another faculty or department within Purdue, everyone's looking for that content. You're producing it, so it's good. That's a good tip to remember. Hey, we've got great content. Other people want it, and you're creating a community because the thing is, these universities are so big, and yeah. you want to showcase all the great different courses and different departments you have. So it's one way to keep everyone connected. Absolutely. I mean, our you know we have fifty five thousand people between staff, faculty, you know, in this little town um, in West Lafayette, Indiana. So it's so special and rewarding to me too when people, you know, bring up the podcast or say, I love this episode because I remember when I was at Purdue and this happened, or I really love that professor. I can't believe he's, you know, creating these, these cancer drugs that are saving people's lives. I can't believe that's happening at Purdue. I didn't know that. Right. So that's a great point about creating a community and, you know, as time goes on and the podcast does gain more and more brand awareness, we've seen that um, feedback grow as well. Any advice you have for other alumni focused podcasts? Because I think it's really interesting how you guys have really done something special with your podcast. Take advantage and, and try to network. You know, we have a Purdue for Life is our alumni connection group and organization within Purdue. So I partner with them and I'm like, can you add this episode to your newsletter? Can you embed this video or this episode here? So get other people involved with sharing it on their social networks, in their newsletters, really anywhere that that you can, you know, get it. You got to put a lot of work into it. I think that's a big misconception, no matter what type of podcast you're doing. A lot of people are like, I'm just going to put it up and I'm going to yes. be Joe Rogan tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> Sounds like that's the opposite of what you're doing. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. And again, just having expectations. And like I said before, don't be discouraged if you have 150 listeners. That's amazing. That's hard that's to get. Like a lot of people think they scoff at 100. And it's like, no, like we're saying, that's 100 dedicated people that are taking time out of their day to A, figure out if they have Apple app on their phone to have to download it. Yes. <laughs> and you take the time to actually listen to it and focus opposed to throwing up a YouTube video and press play or wasting time right. at work. Someone gives you a funny YouTube link in your email. A lot easier. Exactly. I know. So I just want to hit home on that too, that it takes time, consistency to, to grow an audience and your audience expectations. You know, I think that podcast movement this year, they said the average is now 160 listens over 30 days. So if you're getting 200 listens, you're already better than half the podcasts out there. So just keep going and you know, share those stats too with your leadership team if if you're getting a little bit of pushback on why aren't these numbers higher, right? So, <laughs> and most podcasts go into pod fade because people can't yes. get over the eight episode mark. I always tell everyone that I work with if you can get over eight episodes, you're already winning. Yes. And I think, you know, everyone's like, there's so many podcasts out there. And that's really kind of Not a myth true. because, yeah, like you said, there's X number of active podcasts. Anyone over eight, episodes that keeps going there's an even smaller number so that's a that's a great point actually just to end on this before we keep going but i read a stat last year that it's one podcast per ten thousand people that's a lot there's okay. a lot of room to grow totally yeah it's like you said you know i also tell people don't jump in and be like we're gonna get a podcast out every single monday like maybe you start out monthly maybe then you move to bi-weekly and then 
if you want to go to weekly go for it but like figure out the time and the team members and the work that that goes into it and start you know the first thursday of every month we're putting out an episode and then move on from there because i think the pod fade and that burnout comes from people trying to crank these out every week Mm -hmm. wouldn't you want it to have quality over quantity what other university or higher education podcasts do you listen to or do you like or can you recommend to us yeah there's a couple you know i will plug this is purdue is really the only storytelling podcast in the big 10 that i done a little research on and there's there's not many other higher ed official podcasts there might be you know like fan podcasts for athletics but officially affiliated with the university our podcast is really kind of paving the way there which is really exciting some other ones the higher ed marketer the brand education is good future you podcast is good Uh, higher voltage with kevin tyler is good so any of those well that's great and I think you just threw down the gauntlet to other Big Ten universities there. <laughs> I keep waiting. I keep waiting for something to pop up. And I'm yeah. like, okay. But really, yeah. I mean, it's such a, like I said, people think there's all these podcasts out there. There's really not. There's really not. And, you know, start now. Like we started in, in 2020 and look at how far we've come. Um, we just won a couple awards this year. We were on Apple right. Podcasts top charts under the education um, category a couple times recently. So that was super exciting to see. So yeah, the world is your oyster. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for your for your time today and all your insights and sharing sharing your story with us. That's 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 great and it's, it's super exciting what you guys have achieved with uh, the, the This Is Purdue podcast and. Find some Big Ten copycats. <laughs> yeah, bring or, it on. <laughs> or maybe in Canada where Neil and I are basically, we'll start rivaling you guys. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Well, it was an honor. Thank you so much for asking me to be on. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank okay. you so much. Wow, that was great. What an awesome guest. One of the key things that really stood out for me was how Kate and the team uses YouTube versus audio. It's not a versus, more like how they work together hand in hand. But from an output perspective, they're totally different. I think podcasters, our default is let's create the audio version and match it up with the YouTube version. But she really, you know, reverses the script there, if you will. And it's more like two different outputs and how do they work together? So, you know, as a consumer or as an audience member of the podcast, it's almost like a a double listen. I'll watch the YouTube, but I'll also listen to the audio version. Yeah, I like that that it's not the same episode for both mediums. She really caters to YouTube and then she caters to the podcast audience. I think that's brilliant. Another thing that they do is the alumni podcast features key destinations on campus. So it kind of takes you back through that nostalgia journey down memory lane. So a lot of people that went to school and are alumni of Purdue University uh, get to like kind of walk back with Kate and, and see different people that have been integral in their learning or maybe 
we get to see past students that they used to uh, do reports with or, or do studies with. So I think it's a, a super neat feature as well. That's really smart. You know, I know it takes a lot more work because as she was telling us, there's a setup involved and, and whatnot, but wow, that seems like really, really worthwhile. You know, to your point there, that tug is at the nostalgia. You know, when we went to university, we remember all those spots on campus and everything like that. So that's great. And I really like how they lean into and feature alumni that have seen success in life. I love the success part too, because like you were saying, people get to see that they're successful people coming on the program because education is expensive. And I think a lot of the times we want to make sure that we are choosing the right paths that fit for us and that there's going to be opportunity at the end. And if we are looking at colleges and universities that aren't turning out success stories, that might not be an institution we necessarily want to go with. So I think it was a great conversation. Thank you for tuning into the Continuing Studies Podcast, a podcast for higher education podcasters. We hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to follow and subscribe to our podcast on your preferred platform so you'll never miss an episode. And if you have found this episode particularly valuable, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues who are also interested in higher education podcasting. We also invite you to join the University Podcasters Network Group on LinkedIn, where you can connect with other podcasters in higher education and learn from others in the field. Thank you for being a part of our community, and we look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and conversations about higher education podcasting. See you in the next episode.